For this episode of the COVID Words podcast, we are joined by Prospero's mentor, Calvin Harris. I remember you were talking this week uh, about uh, resistance, William. Yeah, resistance. Word to work with. I mean, I think that it's a kind of charged word in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the interesting thing is that it also fits with the whole experience of having to deal with a disease. Right. Where, where yeah, you're a different, res- different flavor of resistance. Yeah. So it's a word that kind of fits in all those categories. Yeah. It's a quality of yourself. It's a, also a, an action. And it, uh, it implies a lot of things, but certainly it implies that there, there's something you're working against one way or the other. Yes. <laughs> it's funny, when, when you first mentioned the word resistance, resistance, I thought of the French resistance during World War II. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and working against uh, resisting, it, uh, what's the word it's, I want to use? Occupying force, like a, a dictatorship, or in the case of France, the Nazi, Nazi Germany. It's interesting, a little more personal, uh, is the fact that something that really sort of came to mind uh, when, when I was thinking about this whole thing of resistance is that that's something that we all do to a, a certain extent. It's like uh, what we know or what we learn is on the one hand, and uh, what we live is not what, what we know or what we learn. We all know we should get moderate exercise, and, but then we have to stop and say, well, how many of us are getting moderate exercise? So it then comes to, um, with some of the situations and the things that um, uh, there are nuances that aren't being paid attention to, and as if we're almost afraid of the changes that are taking place or the things that need to go on. Many of the situations that we find ourselves in is that people were not paying attention. They were either dealing with their emotional output at that point. I'm sure that that was a lot of people who had uh, voted for the current president uh, only because they wanted to make a outcry on something and did not really stop to think, well, was that the right choice to make? (laughs) And again, we're, uh, and so uh, again, with the um, COVID thing, there were the individuals that are we going to uh, self-isolate? Are we going to wear masks because we know that that's important? Or we are going to just jump out there and do whatever, as we uh, saw from the individuals in Florida. So that yeah. brings up the, th- the aspect then of resistance, but not being necessarily against something that is bad for us. It might be mm-hmm. resistance against something that is actually good for us. Absolutely. Yeah, so the resistance can have different motivations then. Um, The other thing that came to me was that business of uh, resistance, uh, not so much as making a stand against or opposing, but just making a stand, you know, like if we're making a stand for truth or beingness or consciousness, that is a stance that for some can seem like resistance. Uh, but it might be a, a modulation. And what I'm thinking about is that business of the uh, a modulation that goes on with electrical current. You know, that's also considered resistance. So it's how we're going to use something within our own lives. Yeah, that's, there's even a word for it. There's ohms, O-H-M-S, uh-huh. to measure uh, the resistance. And then, the, and then in that case, in the electronic world, 
resistors are used to create the right environment for the kind of objective that you have for whatever that piece of equipment is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Because right now we're involved with a lot of group uh, dynamic activity. It's not all favorable. And it's like, well, was the environment created for that? And when we talk about uh, creating an environment, it's that, uh, that combination of the mental and the physical or the, uh, the uh, mental and the emotional. And I think what happens when things get out of kilter or, or where fear comes is it's not moving with the flow. It's not moving with where the patterns seem to be going. And part of that, uh, that outbreak of where it maybe becomes violent or becomes something that's no longer helpful, that's actually where a case where um, your resistance breaks down. Yes. Mm -hmm. Something coming out of the unconscious and maybe related to an old memory that has nothing to do with the current situation, but you, in typical moon wobble fashion, go off, go off like a stick of dynamite. It's because you can't, <laughs> because you can't resist doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Psychological yeah. uh, resistance has to do with, among other things, on, from the clinical side, opposition to the bringing of unconscious, usually repressed material to consciousness, which of course is the pathway to freedom mm -hmm. from the very things that uh, we may be being occupied by or maybe being trapped in in terms of our lives and our feelings and our behavior. There's resistance, as you said earlier, Calvin, about the, there's resistance to change, mm -hmm. fear of change. And so your resistance is kind of like a measure of a power within you that wants to be known. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's, sometimes um, there's that business of pain and trying to get away from it or whatever, but and I'm reminded of the words of uh, Dan uh, Millman. He was that uh, life coach. That, Peaceful uh, warrior, yeah. Yeah. He had made a comment, and, and I'm looking for a guy here it is. Uh, he says that pain is a relatively objective physical phenomena. Suffering is our psychological resistance to what happens. Events may create physical pain, but they do not in themselves create suffering. Resistance creates suffering. Wow. Stress, and then it goes on and says that stress happens when your mind resists what is. The only problem in your life is your mind's resistance to life as it unfolds. And I always thought that that was very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that rings on the same resonating level with many of the teachings of different religions. And, and our own teacher. <laughs> and of course, yeah, of course, thing. Yeah. And when you talk about resisting what is, while you may be perceiving it one way or another way, what is is what is essential. Mm -hmm. What is the nature of your being? And when you're resisting that, you're resisting the truth of yourself. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because there are so many ways in which we, uh, we don't know that what we're resisting is our, is our own wholeness. But what we think we want is uh, something over here that looks really pretty, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's that pretty girl who walks down the street or whether that's... Uh, the new sports car that you really can't live without or these other things. And yeah, or that police officer you want to go over and shake and say, stop doing that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing you mentioned. Absolutely. Or to, to add to that whole business of um, the emotional patterns that, uh, 
that uh, dominate the collective, you know? Are, is our feelings going to be strongly influenced by them to the point where all reason and intellect is thrown out the uh, window, where there may be a split between uh, our consciousness, which is our seat of being, and the emotional response. I, the, the word that keeps coming to my mind is balance is that um, and when we think of uh, the warrior or whatever it's that whole business about, the true warrior is in balance, and especially a peaceful one, is, uh, is being able to somehow realize what is going on in the situation and then to bring uh, effective change based on that. I think in uh, some of our current situations, effective change might be going to the polls and voting. But <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the, uh, in terms of the, of the police issues, there are people who have spoken to me and said that they like the police. <laughs> police are helpful. And so I think it's important to get to the, to, to the nub of things, which is, is that there are styles of policing. And... I, I was on the committee that hired the new police chief for the University of Maryland a couple of years ago, and we looked into community-based policing over and over and over again, because that's what they wanted at the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, these things have been moved forward, and in the last couple of years, of course, they've all been pushed back because there's been this um, kind of, um, oh, what's, I can't find the right word to describe the kind of pushback that we're getting from this administration where they, they, they want to make sure that the white supremacists have a comfortable place to live. The, the yeah. other thing with, with this, and I think that's so important, is that individuals, I don't think is part of their as police training, is to teach history. Uh, and I think that's mm. very important within anyone going into that field. And also trying to get the right uh, mix of police to the community in which they are going to be serving. There is a, a cultural difference, and there is that feeling about someone that is from a community that they uh, and that they live and they work in that community, and what they would bring to it versus someone that has no connection to the community, that has no uh, connection to the ethnic roots, and then bringing that person in there, and then having that person work there. Because the problem is, is that the uh, police officer has to deal with a lot of negativity. And we don't want whoever is going to be within a neighborhood always dealing with the negativity then to all of a sudden blanketly call everyone within that neighborhood a criminal or whatever or having derogatory thoughts and that. So who is in the neighborhood, who understands the neighborhood and how the selection is made is very important. But that was always something that I thought um, was very, very difficult because of, of course you have bright young people coming out of the uh, police academy and then all of a sudden they're thrown into a, a cultural situation with people they don't understand and uh, then are, are said, well then keep the peace or that they're going to think that someone's going to act a certain way <laughs> when, when they are uh, 
confronted and all of a sudden they go ballistics and then um, there's a gunfire or, or, or harm that is done. So it's understanding um, what's involved in that, what are the feelings, what are the perceptions. So again, these are mental kinds of uh, things that you need to bring to the table. Uh, what is the perception of this person going into a particular neighborhood? And what is the neighborhood's perception of that person coming in? And especially where might the resistances lie mm -hmm. to what is, what is mm -hmm. the truth of the situation? Yes. So resistance clearly is a measure, whether we're talking electricity in terms of measuring resistance or what's its opposite, conductiveness, conductance. Conductivity. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a measure of what we're accepting in a way about ourselves, about other people. And not to say that best use of resistance is always passive, Mm, no. But no. resisting without being grounded in what is about ourselves well, and about well, those who are we're meeting, <laughs> yeah. then invariably resistance in those situations is going to, it, one of its natural outcomes will be, of course, violence or friction as opposed to another way, finding the middle way, mm -hmm. uh, which is in part the way of the peaceful warrior. But it doesn't, it's not built on that kind of resistance, but rather seeing in the resistance a measure of perhaps the acceptance or the strength that everyone is, is showing. And that I, I think, think comes from working on the individual, uh, the individual taking the necessary steps within themselves because it, it is that balance between the outer and the inner that is so important. And finding where what, with what you're viewing of the so-called outside world that's triggering you, there's that short surfing thing you that is giving the prejudice that you see. And then to be able to work through those, those it, 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 it's vital. And I think that for the spiritual or the, the sacred warrior, that is uh, important, the, uh, the outer and the inner, and that they work collectively. Yeah, which is a state of health, which is where we can encounter resistance to the virus. It's basically mm -hmm. a statement of your health, a statement of your inner power. Mm -hmm. And certainly don't want to resist that having its way, certainly. It is the thing that effectively deals with the virus, uh, deals with the invading entity, so to speak. So you can't maybe not control the appearance of the virus turning up, but we can certainly operate what we know in terms of understanding the essence of ourselves to maintain and accept our inner power that is not thrown off by the appearance, not made sick or diseased by the appearance of the invading force, be it the virus, be it the looter, be it uh, what may appear to be a, a rogue policeman. There's a whole other level of measuring these things that has to do with that's our true resistance. Well, I like what, uh, what you've said about making sure that it's individuals that take these actions, because it really is, that really is yeah. where things stand. It's, it's, it's on every person's, I guess, personal responsibility to maybe stand guard at the portal of their awareness and make a thoughtful evaluation of what's coming in. Right. Absolutely. A thoughtful, impersonal, principled evaluation. Yeah. Well said. I just I see, we, I can see, see a figure standing on the mountaintop saying, resist. <laughs> where, and then where, and then as an aside, aware appropriate. <laughs> well, that's always, uh, Perry reminds me, peace whenever possible. Whenever possible. <laughs> exactly.
Yes, I, I, to me, it's just that once uh, that we individual by individual uh, resonating with truth through that group effort is where health and wholeness takes place on a global level. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 